0: What's going on, everybody? Cody Paz, will be back with you. It's another edition of Wax Packs and Warning Tracks, Mojo Breaks Baseball Card Podcast. Not really sure why I made that so dramatic. Maybe it's because the All-Star Game this week is in Hollywood, baby. So I'm trying to, you know, get my acting reel up, put it together. Call me or uh, call my agent. I don't have an agent. What am I talking about? It's All-Star Week. Home Run Derby. You probably watched it last night. As of this recording, we haven't watched it. So uh, welcome from the future. Uh, Fun stuff all week long. MLB draft just happened. Uh, but we're going to get into a lot of stuff today about the first half and some of the big stars of the first half and what the future will bring for them in the hobby. We're also going to talk about the national; it's coming up next week. We're going to talk more about it next week, but I thought give you a little taste from a guy who has been around the block here in the hobby. He's Ryan Cracknell. You know him from Beckett.com, the Beckett hobby editor. All those checklists you eagerly wait for, all those those. price guides you are looking up, Ryan is a big part of that over at Beckett. I talked to Ryan about what to expect from the National for a first-timer. That includes me, first-timer at the National. I'm that guy. Uh, What I should expect, what anyone who's a first-timer should expect uh, from this huge gathering of everybody who loves all things sports cards i cannot wait but of course we talk about those big first half performers some big names you're going to see in la at the all-star game this week what the future has in store for these guys in the baseball card world here is my conversation with ryan you know the name, you know him as the guy that if you're waiting for those checklists, uh, he he is the guy to go to. How often Ryan, I gotta ask, first of all, welcome to the show. I'm sure every day you are getting something like, hey man, where's the where's my checklist? you're you're the guy with the checklist. Uh, where are they? I'm waiting. Yeah, it's uh,
1: just about every day. Kind yeah, of depends on what's coming out and uh, you know we got national treasures basketball coming this week, I think still. And so just kind of waiting on that. Uh, Just know I am checking for those uh, national treasures. It's not even it's just going on lunchtime. I've already looked for it six times today. Uh, So I am trying, you know, once it drops, then it's like all craziness and formatting and getting it posted. But until they drop it, there's nothing I can do.
0: Yeah, I that's uh just a PSA. I know our listeners are pretty good, but uh, a PSA to anyone hey, it, it's uh that Ryan does not make the checklists, he just is he's merely uh you know he's he's out there doing his due diligence uh for everybody in the hobby, and of course, we we appreciate all the hard work you guys are doing, you and you guys are doing over at Beckett. Uh, and how many years, by the way, uh, we'll just kind of talk about your background. How many years have you been? With with Beckett, how did it get started, and uh, just kind of your interest in the hobby in general? If you want to just kind of give us uh, a little bit of your your hobby history,
1: sure. Uh, Beckett is seven years, pretty much exactly right now. I don't remember whatever the start date of the twenty fifteen uh, national was. That was my first day uh, at Beckett. Um, so yeah, it's been seven years, and before that, you know, I've been collecting pretty much my entire life. You yeah. know, a lot of like a lot of us my age um, started in the late 80s, early 90s. Uh, I could even go back a little bit before that uh, to like E.T. That's what I remember getting at the grocery store and, nice. um, you know, wheeling and dealing some garbage pail kids on the on the playground. And, you know, all those cliches, totally me. Um, and as I was, you know, a Canadian who likes baseball. Um that got really tricky. I don't really I don't hate hockey. I just don't follow hockey, so I don't collect hockey. Um around when I was graduating high school is when the whole internet thing started taking off. And I built myself a website on GeoCities. GeoCity, yeah. And you know, put up my want lists and trade lists and got connected that way. And it's just kind of snowballed, you know, through university the first time through. I did a writing degree, um, you know, planning on doing the newspaper journalism thing. Thankfully, that did not work out. <laughs> uh, but uh, you know, through through my website, myself, uh, blogging, then my job before Beckett, and then now Beckett. It's just kind of you know, the hobbies become my career, which you know, that, that's a pretty cool thing.
0: Yeah, uh, you can't I mean what do they say you know you do what you love and uh I I always say to people I get to play with baseball cards and 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 football cards for a living. You really can't beat that. It's uh you know we get to we get to do those childhood uh memories and dreams that uh I've also realized we are we're, we're talking about I I've asked so many people about what is your 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 genesis uh in, in the hobby and I always realize it's it's seldom sports cards that is the oh. initial gateway into this it's always like a pop culture thing you mentioned et and garbage Mm -hmm. bell kids and i think for kids of the 90s it's pokemon cards and things like that so always find that very interesting that it's it's that stuff uh that we that we come back to so uh and i've kind of been like now the last few months saying hey man the the outside of the sports card world look outside expand your horizons and in a way, it kind of gets in touch with, you know, what we what we all love about uh, a collecting. I know I just see in, in your background right there, I think I saw some Star Wars back there. Oh, so, yeah. yeah.
1: Star Wars, everything. You know, Bill Murray. I have Molly Ringwald on my wall just nice. out of frame. And, uh, you know, I actually I, I love the entertainment cards because um, they're always so different. Like, even if you collect a show... Outside of a couple like Star Wars, you don't get a lot of repetition. So for for sports with autographs, you can be hunting forever for a hundred different, you know, thousands of different Kobe's, Michael Jordan's, whatever. Uh, But with movies and TV shows, you might have two or three in most instances. Right. Um, Star Wars is different. They're more, I would say they parallel sports more than anything else. Um, But, you know, there is some fun in that and just kind of researching where is this person's first cards? You know, this weekend I just found out they made Willow trading cards in Ziploc sandwich bags. I've never (laughs) seen them before. And it's like, oh, this is cool. I need to find these now. And someone on Twitter's like, Val Kilmer rookie card. Maybe it is.
0: Yeah. Oh, my gosh. So, yeah. And the, the new Willow show's coming out. So you'd think, yeah, yeah now's the time. Now is the yeah. time to collect. Prospecting on Willow. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's right. We need some Warwick Davis cards. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I also saw you mentioned the Muppets. I actually I saw your tweet that you found a bunch of Muppet magazines. Yeah. I have got a box that I bought. God, maybe two years ago. I, I, I just didn't know what to do with it. So it's sitting sealed, but it's the Muppets. I think it's the inaugural season of the San Jose Sharks, but it's all Muppets uh, with hockey, with hockey ho- yes. the hockey set. Yeah.
1: Muppets take L- the ice. It's, uh, yeah. it's, it's a weird one. It's a weird one. Very- the, the coolest ones in there are where they redo the NHL logos as Muppet characters. Those are a lot of fun. That's cool. Um, If if I remember correctly, that was when the NHL was trying to connect with kids. You know, the Fox era with the glowing puck and everything else. And, you know, what's more 90s in kids than the Muppets?
0: yeah that's (laughs) yeah exactly yeah i i know it as as a child of the 90s yeah a lot of muppets movies were watched muppet christmas carol treasure island so yeah all of that was was in heavy rotation at my house uh but hey we're we're here to talk some baseball cards and and sports cards in general uh and before we delve into now we're at the all-star break for baseball uh I do actually want to get your thoughts. We're a week away from the National, uh, and I'm uh, happy to have you on now. Uh, Hopefully, we'll see you out there at the National. Are you going to be making the trip out there?
1: I am. I leave uh, a week today. I begin my journey. I'm a little stressed out about it because apparently airlines and everything else crossing borders. Um, But yeah, once I get there, it'll be great.
0: Yeah, exactly. That's that's the thing. Yeah, we're where it's, you know, it's it's always the thought for us. It's like, uh, you know, we had that show in Vegas. So easy. It's West Coast. We can drive. And this is, you know, it's a it's a whole nother thing to uh, to bring the whole unit over to to Atlantic City. But I'm very excited. This is uh, personally this is my very first national. So uh, I am I'm stoked about it. Like you said, a little nervous. So yep. I want to hear from you and anyone who's listening who might be going to the national, whether it be for the first time or maybe it's their first time in Atlantic City city what are some of those expectations uh, that you should have as a first timer or maybe some of those things that you wish someone might have told you going into that first time at the national
1: um number one prepare to be overwhelmed not in a bad way just like the sheer scope of it um in my neck of the woods I don't have big card shows I've never been to big card shows uh so I I believe 2014 was the first time I went to a national and I was just like, I just had to kind of take it all in at first. Um, I'm a processor to begin with. I like to be methodical, I guess. And it was like, whoa, there's a lot going on here uh, with all the people, everything else. Just be prepared for that. It's not a bad thing. It's not a good thing. It's just, that's just the way it is. Yeah. Um, but with that, don't spend all your money all at once. If you're going with the budget, uh, there's a lot of cards there. I, a lot of it's like the really, really new stuff I found or the really old vintage stuff. So if you're kind of looking for that nineties stuff, at least the years that I've been early two thousands, um, you, are going to be hunting and digging and everything else. You'll see some of it. Uh, but I wasn't, I I went with a couple things that I was looking for and I wasn't able to actually find them there, which kind of surprised me a little bit. Um, but still (laughs) more than enough to find. Yeah. And uh, you know, with that, the obvi- the thing that everyone says and it's so so true: have comfortable shoes. It's going to be a lot of walking, um, and comfort is huge. If you're going to be waiting in line for autographs, you know, you just want to be comfortable. It's and the easiest thing you can do is wear a good pair of shoes. Um, bring some water. Don't have it out and about because. Dealers are going to freak out at you at their table, and obviously, uh, but have something just to keep yourself refreshed. Uh, the, the stalls and restaurants in there, they're, they, they're a captive audience, so they're going to charge you for it. And we all want to sp- spend more money on cards. So just bring that bottle of water. Um, be patient, you know, it, it, at, with so much to take in. It's going to take some time to go through the show floor. Hopefully you're there more than one day is as crazy as that seems for a card show. um, You know, you can spend the whole weekend there and still miss tables. I've done that before. I've been there the entire time. And in the last hour of the show, I'll be like, I have not been to that table yet. (laughs) So that's great. That's part of the treasure hunt. Um, You know, if, if you're connected on Twitter or any sort of community through the breaks uh, meet with people it, like this is a time to meet in person and you know connect a face with with a handle and that's that is a yeah. tricky thing nowadays is i know people more by what their twitter handle is than their actual name and right you know so the national lets you make those connections and and see your friends and everything else it's, i liken it to summer camp for collectors in that regard uh so I think those those are the big ones that I would have. And have a backpack with some supplies. You know, you need your top loaders, your penny sleeves, uh, maybe a 400-count box just so that you can put your stuff in so that you're not carrying it around in your loose hands all day, putting it on a table, forgetting about it. Um, you know, those are that was something that I wish someone had told me and I didn't think of. And it seems so obvious. Yeah. Well, maybe it's too obvious. So
0: <laughs> yeah, but you never know. It's uh, as someone who I think every trip I have gone on for the last five years forgets at least one thing. Uh, yep. Yeah. I think it's definitely something good to know. Even the obvious things I think are are, yeah. are something if, you need to say.
1: And if you're doing the autographs, if you're going to be getting a photo, it's probably easier to pick up an 8x10 top loader at your local card shop if you have one versus maybe finding one somewhere on some table. Um, so yeah, just come prepared that way.
0: yeah well it's uh, you know you touched on something that I think is the thing I'm most excited about and again doing I, I've had a little bit of, of experience at a couple of shows now uh, but to be able to like you said put a face, to the personalities, to the Twitter handles—that's, uh, I think, what what it's all about. And you know, you, you cut away all of the, the 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 white noise and and all of that that you get sometimes being in in the social media space and whatnot. And uh, you, you kind of just see people for who they are, and that's that's an even better thing to just you know get to know the person rather than uh, we get so caught up uh, in that world. Um, I, I know the national also is more of just a trade show uh, specifically in a card show with, with deals happening, but there's been so much in the hobby, so much news that has happened since that last national uh, in the hobby, obviously the fanatic stuff and all yeah. that and tops and um, what, you know, all these licenses, these going to different places. Uh, I, this, this is probably just pure speculation. So, you know, go as far as you like, sure. do you expect to hear any sort of big, sort of earth shattering news here at, at the national in regards to those companies, or is that something that maybe they table for a business meeting or a quarterly reporter or, or whatever that the national is not quite the place for that?
1: Yeah. You know, I don't really, as far as newsworthy stuff, I don't think it doesn't happen that often. Uh, It's more, the national is more a celebration of, you know, what's going on and, uh, for, for the card companies that are there, they're going to be so focused on their redemption programs and putting faces with collectors and customer service experiences um, that it could get lost in the shuffle kind of thing. Um, you know, tops normally, I don't know if they're going to this year, but every year that I've gone, they've done a QA after the show one of the nights. Highly recommend it. You know, yeah. you have to sign up at their booth. Uh, but every time I've gone, there's food, open bar, free cards, and you get to, you can ask them questions. They'll, they'll, they'll be trivia and games and all that sort of stuff. Uh, but they take an open floor with their executives right up at the front and you can literally ask them anything you want. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes you get the answer you want. Sometimes you don't, uh, but you know, it's face to face, so you can't go wrong with that. I think that's a good thing. Um, I, in the past couple of years, I think the sorts of things that we've seen are like the checklist for national baseball card day, um, you know, cool, noteworthy, is it going to change how we collect now? Um, and, and realistically what's left out there, like every single, all four of the major basketball, football, baseball, and hockey all in the last year, the licenses have been locked up. So, yeah. you know, I, I don't know what else is out there. Uh, other than if someone's going to acquire someone else, I, I don't know. Possible, yeah. possible. I don't know.
0: It, it would certainly, yeah. It would, it would be. I, I, it sounds like uh, definitely not the norm uh, for the national. And yeah, like you said, it yeah. does seem like there's a lot going on, and there will be plenty to to, to get into. So I, I'll just make sure to have uh, my questions ready. Uh, to grill the the, the folks at top so I'll be nice I swear. Uh we'll just we'll just talk about topped chrome or something. That's really what I want to uh, know. I'm and, asking
1: about my I've been waiting on a John Cena autograph since
0: 2015.
1: Oh there you hang. he's been on card in several other products since so I'm just wondering what the process is behind that. Like why you know whatever.
0: Yeah, um, I, I, at this point, yeah, we need to go to a Fast and Furious premiere. You might have a better chance of getting the John Cena autos. When yeah, or
1: it's- <laughs> I saw you signing his children's book for fifteen dollars. Hey, there you go. So I'd rather have a card. I don't collect books. I have a lot yeah. of, too many books as it is, and <laughs> you know, it's a picture book isn't the same.
0: Yeah, that would be nice. So if you heard you heard it here, tops. We're 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 ready. We're we're gonna ask the tough questions <laughs> at the national. Uh all right, let's let's move on to baseball. Uh that is what it's a baseball card podcast. So let's talk some baseball. Uh the All-Star Game is happening this week. The home run derby is uh and we're recording this on Derby Day. I think for the first time in a while, it feels like for collectors, the Derby is really exciting because uh, there's two names we're going to talk about here in that Derby. Uh, that are two of the most talked about names in the hobby, the one from this year, one over the last few years. Uh, I looked at, of course, your your hot and cold cards over on Beckett, uh, definitely a resource. For this podcast, as we look at who are the cards that people are talking about, who are the players people are talking about, and if you know that real-world play is translating to the card market. Uh, and so I just want to get your thoughts on a few of these names that have been regular uh, appearances on this list that have kind of just... Really, since the beginning of the season, a few of these guys have just gotten on there and have not left that list. And I think the first name, the most obvious name is maybe the guy we have mentioned the most on this podcast this year. But you just can't. We cannot stop talking about him. It's Julio Rodriguez, who it feels like every week I keep thinking, well, at some point, at some point, he's great. He's so good. But at some point, he's going to slow down at some point. It just hasn't happened. Uh, 16 home runs and 21 stolen bases at the All Star break and 814 OPS. He's on pace to get close to 3030 right now. I think he's on pace for 27 homers, 37 stolen bases. Uh, would obviously be among the elite rookies in MLB history if he does that. He's been at or close to the top of the hot and cold list here for now, going on, I want to say at least a month or so, if not more. Uh, is he, I want to ask actually first, Uh, Is a derby win for Julio Rodriguez? Like, is he the one exception here? I feel like the derbies doesn't really count for much for obviously real world value and baseball card value. But is he maybe the one exception? Like if he comes out and has a home run derby to remember, he's facing what? I think uh, uh, I mean, it could come down to him versus Albert Pujols at one point. Uh, Is he the one guy who might actually benefit in the baseball card world from a derby win? Uh, Short term.
1: Probably, you know, yeah. the Derby more than anything else, it's not so much the win. It's the attention that you get coming from it. Um, you know, we kind of look back five. Whoa, it's already been five years with Aaron Judge. Yeah, like that was he had slowed down. If I remember correctly, he'd slowed down right before the Derby came out, destroyed it. And, uh, you know, was the hottest thing again. Uh, Pete Alonso. it's been the same kind of thing the last couple of years. It's that added attention. Uh, it's short-term, just like the slam dunk in, in basketball. You know, when do we talk about Aaron Gordon cards? Not very often, except dunk time. Um, but also, if you look at Michael Jordan, part of his legacy is the slime dunk championship. And, you know, so short-term, yeah, it's going to give a boost. I think the bigger thing is the places, you know, we're on the West Coast. So we hear about them every night whenever yeah. we turn the TV on or, you know, wherever we get our, our highlights from. Uh, we're used to it, whereas on the East Coast, I don't know. I, I don't live over there. I don't know how much they're seeing him because uh, he's doing his thing at night and they're sleeping. Yeah, but I, definitely an opportunity there. I think uh, long term, it's not going to make a difference. Don't go, if you're into the prospecting thing, look at more of those season numbers. Look at his age. Yeah. Not, oh, look, he hit 18 home runs in one round of the home run derby one time. Okay, that, that it's cool. It's great to <laughs> You know, we still talk, even Josh Hamilton, you know, yeah. over a decade ago, that was his claim to fame forever. And, well, yeah, let's not talk about Josh Hamilton. Yeah,
0: yeah, we'll leave it there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, you, you make a point. I think there is the, the difference of like, yeah, you could be an Aaron Gordon, win one slam dunk contest, or you could be Michael Jordan, win one that's so iconic, and it becomes one of, you know, 30 40 iconic moments in your career i kind of also liken it to like ken griffey jr like obviously both mariners i just it's it is that's what kind of gets my juices flowing here about Julio rodriguez is how much we keep bringing up ken griffey jr in comparison to him the numbers the flair the 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 personality and now if he can win a derby it's just another one that it's just another accolade and i feel like we have to start to say Seattle Mariners are, like, if you're looking at, like, teams that, like, if you want to get, you know, collect teams, Mariners, to me, as, as exciting as, like, a collecting a Yankee or collecting a Reds, so- like, like, they are kind of a marquee baseball team for baseball collectors with the amount of iconic players they have churned out through the years, and now J-Rod could be that next guy.
1: I'm I'm... I'm a Mariners fan, so I'm hoping so. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I'm also sitting on a stack of Jared Kalinik's that I bought in the off season. Uh, you know that I could get a whole lot cheap. You know, we'll we'll see. He could come back. I mean, he could.
0: It could. On. It could. But, it, you know, yeah. with,
1: with Rodriguez, he he does have that X factor. Uh, the concern for me, I'm just I've really tried to avoid comparing him to Griffey because there's never going to be another Griffey, yeah. and if you're if you're collecting and you're you're putting your money into Rodriguez because you think he's going to be the next Griffey, you're going to be disappointed. Um, but he, he's the first Julio Rodriguez. That could be its own thing. Like you know, seeing how rounded a player he is so far already. Um, you know how, like you mentioned, the personality piece. There aren't a lot of players like that. That's what baseball, I think, as a whole, is missing. And there is the potential, I believe, that he could be one of the main faces of the game. Because yeah. of all the, it's it's that whole package. You know, there baseball has a lot of really, really, really generational, generationally good players right now, but it's lagging behind because they don't necessarily have that X factor. You know, yeah. I love Mike Trout. Mike Trout's great, but he isn't that big personality that he, he isn't electric. Off the field. On right. the field, yeah. You know, if you watch him a lot, I got to see him in Seattle a couple of years ago, and it was great. just watching him, you knew he was better than everyone else. My wife doesn't watch my baseball, and knew he was better than everyone else, but we don't have that big thing, the pizzazz, and I think Rodriguez has the potential to potentially do that.
0: Yeah, I think I think you're spot on, and yeah, with with Trout, it's it's always, hey, off the field, what a nice guy. And in a way, you don't want to be boring and nice. You'd rather be, you know, kind of either brash or like in your face or or loud, big personality. So, uh, yeah, it could uh, it, it could work both ways. But uh, you you talked about guys who sort of uh, you mentioned guys like uh, Griffey and all that it's transcend the game, these generational talents. So I got to talk about the next guy, Shohei Otani, who mm-hmm. for a guy that was so uh it, both in the baseball card circles and in baseball circles on the field uh was was literally all we were talking about last year. I do feel like we have uh maybe on the uh the the national media scale and frankly personally I think on this show, we have not really given him as much credit as he deserves but then you look at the numbers at the end of the first half. Yeah, he's not 19 home runs. Oh wow, that's what wow. 19 home runs compared to last year really really rough. Uh still having a great year. Uh and he's a better pitcher than he mm-hmm. was a year ago. 2.380 ERA. Um I guess I'll start there. Do you think maybe uh, I, I, don't, I don't know where do you where do you think he's in the hobby because right now it kind of feels like he still is this huge name, but we're obviously not talking about him as much and is part of that because pitching has really taken a front seat here. Whereas last year, I mean, 33 homers at the break, he was just hitting these monster shots. He was on sports center every night. Uh, obviously we know hitting just does well, does better in the hobby. Do you think maybe he now taking this turn uh, becoming a true ACE pitcher in a way is making us in the hobby, just talk about him maybe a little bit less.
1: Uh, I honestly don't think we know how to deal with him. Yeah. He's the like absolute first of his kind. And we don't know what to make of it. His numbers are great, but if you look at a league leader's list, he's not there because he's doing – he's just off the cutoff on both lists of pitching and hitting. Um, so we don't we don't know how to judge that. Like, it's really hard. Um, I think the Angels just not being good has certainly – you know, him and Trout playing for a horrible team isn't doing any good – on the West coast, no less. Um, So again, there's that piece of people on the East coast, maybe missing out and, you know, not seeing what he's doing as much. Plus he's after last year, last year was so, dare I say magical. Um, The first time we'd seen something like that, we have seen kind of this sort of thing before. So it's not, it's not new. It's more, we expect it from him now, Um, you know, So maybe that's why is he still driving? I think he's still driving the hobby quite strong. Yeah. Um, you know, he has a huge market that we don't see overseas in Japan. Like he's truly the, he is the global baseball player right now. Um, and if you look at things like, uh, tops now print runs, you know, that to me is kind of one of those indicators of how someone is accepted in the hobby when they're not a rookie, his card is outselling everyone. Even now he's outselling some of the top rookies this year for those mm. sorts of things. So it's kind of a weird way of looking at it, but you know, that shows that people are buying his cards and if an outing of 12k sells 5,000 or 3,000 cards at 10 bucks a pop, that's that's pretty telling.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he still does remain like a hobby favorite. Uh, I I know I did see. It's it's almost like I don't know whatever you can you can count it towards. It's either just we're not maybe uh, like I see maybe larger outlets last year were covering stories of like wow, a showy card sold for this much and it's on ESPN or whatever. Maybe there's still these huge sales and they're just not getting as reported by major media outlets. But still, he is. I think you mentioned in this special sort of rarefied air among uh, hobbyists at this point. Do you think that? If Shohei is like done after the season, just sort of throw it out there as a, as a hypothetical mm-hmm. uh, does he occupy the space where he is just kind of his values almost untouchable at this point, because it was this magical moment or does he need a few more years to be in that sort of Mike Trout? The value's never really ever going down. He's locked in as an all-time legend uh, and an all-time hobby favorite going forward.
1: I, I think he's pretty close to locked in um you know if if you when he first signed with the angels he already, there was already that market there he, he's already done like what close to a decade or whatever in japan beforehand um i would look to hideo nomo is is another example mm-hmm. his stuff is still you know autographs are are huge because he didn't sign until I think, like 2003, 2004, something like that. So his career was pretty much done before he signed his first autographs. Um, But his stuff, he's still popular to a certain extent for someone of his caliber um, in pitching. He has, Otani has the awards. You know, he got the MVP last year. That puts him in an elite level. Um, but I guess that would put Terry Pendleton in the same level too. So, uh, you know, I, I think he, he's definitely solidified, uh, something that I was actually thinking of a couple of weeks ago with Otani is we actually haven't seen any of his really, really rare, like those marquee cards. They haven't come up for sale in the last year. Like yeah. when everything was exploding over the last year, I can't recall off the top of my head seeing, Um, you know, the super fracture sold in September, 2018 for, I think it was 192,000, which at the time was, you know, I remember looking in shock at the screen (laughs) as the auction was closing, like running down like that is. And now it's like, that wouldn't even be a blip, which is crazy.
0: Sheesh. Yeah. That might be your starting point for a, that, that card today was showing. Oh,
1: I I suspect I don't like predicting.
0: Uh, Yeah. Yeah.
1: Something, but he, given what things have sold for, it has to be a million dollar card now.
0: Yeah. Would and
1: like, when it closed, he was, you know, off getting surgery and everyone's like, he's done. Like, he's done. That person wasted their money. <laughs> like, I can't believe how many comments I read of that. And, you know, sure enough, he comes back a couple of years later, better than ever. And yeah, we, we haven't seen those, you know, the red refractors, yeah. uh, the Kanji autographs. Once those start coming up, I think one needs to come out of the woodwork. And then once that happens, we can really get a sense of where he's at in the hobby. Um, But that stuff is dried up completely.
0: Yeah, that's a good point uh i think i may have seen uh maybe a, a a red auto pull up at some point that that sold for you know just a shade under a hundred thousand but you're right that, that and i think that's kind of telling for how people feel about him in his future that at least those guys <laughs> who are hanging on to these these whales uh that going forward that i think he is still pretty pretty locked in no matter what happens here um i mean yeah and i think if you talk to any baseball fan uh 10 20 years from now, they're going to talk about these last two years of Shohei as maybe the most impressive feats of baseball athleticism we've ever seen. And it's crazy to say that's without that, with no hyperbole at all. It really is just so special what we've watched him do. Uh, A couple more guys I want to talk to you about who I think, in a way, are uh, in sort of similar situations obviously their contracts are different but both guys who are young or one guy very young and has been a hobby favorite for a while another guy who has had a great year uh and is probably going to be could be switching teams at the end of the year we don't know Juan Soto Aaron Judge both could be leaving the uh-huh. team that they came up with i want to start with soto who is making the news. I think actually before we started recording, I saw uh, they're doing the all-star game press conferences right now. And Soto is there with the uh, tons of people around him. And there's Scott Boris right over his shoulder, you know, closely monitoring every question. What's he going to say? Here's what you do. So uh, it's, it has begun. The Juan Soto uh, chase, the Juan Soto uh, market is in full force. Um, and I just want to mention, I think there's a lot of people in the hobby I've noticed uh, on Twitter that have been like, "Soda, why is his value so high? It's crazy. And you look at those first half numbers, you see a 250 batting average. You go, yeah, why are we doing this? You also have to think, well, he's 22. He's mm-hmm. a year older than Julio Rodriguez. That's it. Uh, and since June 22nd, uh, 411 batting average, 786 slugging percentage, a 1,363 O- OPS, uh, Nationals looking to, uh, reportedly trade him. Um, I, this must have just been, uh, incredible timing on your part. I think that the latest hot and cold came up and he was on the list. I would think mostly because of this incredible hot streak he's been on. Uh, but then the trade, uh, stuff comes out that the Nationals do indeed look like they're going to try to trade him on Saturday as well. Um, A lot is made about, hey, it's better if a player just stays on that team the whole way through their career. You know, that's why Trout does so well. But, like, in Soto's case, do you think it really matters where he goes? Obviously, you don't want him to go to, like, you know, maybe a lower market team, no disrespect to, like, the Milwaukee Brewers or something. But if Soto's in Milwaukee, doesn't have that same allure of maybe Soto in New York. So how much do you think it matters what his next team is for his future value here in the hobby?
1: team, I'm with you. I don't think the team really matters that much. Yeah. Um, You know, it's uh, the reason that he's hyped isn't because he's part of the Washington Nationals. Um, It's because he is, like you said, 22 years old, already won a World Series, put up crazy. He he has shown that he can put up amazing numbers, spread that over a career. It, It is all about that potential. And when you're 22, you still talk about that. It's like, well, what if, what if, what if, Um, you know, he's going to do that. If he reaches where some people think he will, he could be playing and get traded to Tampa Bay next week and then Miami the week after. Uh, Nothing against either of those two cities, but they're not baseball card hotbeds. Um, You know, the Yankees, yeah. That's, that's going to be a difference maker for sure. The Mets, any of those big market teams potentially. Um, but it's ultimately going to come down to those numbers. I think, um, yeah, Washington to me doesn't seem to be a huge baseball card city to begin with. Yeah. Um, and then coming, you know, I uh, Before the Mariners, I was cheering for the Expo, so he's kind of that honorary Expo for me. And (laughs) you know, if they were still in Montreal, I'm sure we would still have the same height. Uh, He would just have a cooler looking hat, and you know, that's true. So (laughs) I I think as long as as long as he continues to progress and put up big numbers, it won't matter. Um, Is the streakiness a little scary? Yes, I haven't also spent. Tens of thousands of dollars on Juan Soto cards. I've held on to whatever I pulled out of Topps Archives and Holiday and Update in 2018. And that's, that's where I'm at with his stuff. And uh, yeah, we'll, we'll see. There, there's that whole, that whole 2018 class is just so good.
0: Yeah, it, it really is remarkable how much talent is out of that 2018 class uh, right now. And I mean, it really over a two year span, 19 as well. Just so many, so many names that really drive uh, the baseball card world that are just mm-hmm. uh, from those two years. Uh, it's it's so interesting, too, that Soto and, and, and you know, kind of just uh, really processing through this right now, like how his value is so uh, just. So, like, in that top two or three, sort of like, top tier echelon here uh, among collectors, and yet he almost consistently has a first half that is markedly worse than his second halves every single year. And maybe it's just the guys who collect Soto are much more patient than than a lot of other folks, and they think, yeah, no, it's a full season. You got to go a full 162, and then when the off season comes around, that's when you look at those numbers again. And uh, I, I just find it interesting that uh, for a guy who is now pretty clearly a second half player his value still remains at an elite level. Last one i want to talk about uh is Aaron Judge who uh-huh. i think he, uh, we talked about him a little bit before um where it's he does for collectors i think for me represents a guy that is like the most clear uh the most clear like sell him candidate uh of the season for me personally as a guy that is having a career year monster year contract year also over 30 going into his next few years like he is on the second leg of his career could still be great could still be wonderful um what do you think about Aaron Judge here as we go into the second half 33 home runs Mm -hmm. uh, leads all of baseball he has sort of been he he has he's been uh, not very clear about his intentions of what he wants to do going forward uh, with the Yankees. The Yankees have made him multiple offers and both of, all of them have been rejected. Um, but th- I think there's still mutual interest that to stay there. I think personally, I think his value is almost completely tied to staying with the Yankees because any other team, I, I just don't see him having the same value in the hobby.
1: Yeah, no, I'm, i with you. Um, you know, for he's like the purest kind of Yankee player since, since Jeter. And where Soto, I can see—I I don't see a difference wherever he goes. Yeah, Aaron Judge—he's—he is a Yankee. Like there are certain players that come along, and when it comes to the Yankee, they just—they have to be. I, I honestly—I don't see—I don't know Aaron Judge. I don't talk to anybody like that. I just—but I can't imagine him going elsewhere. Um, and i, I think the—the the most recent comparison would be when Pujols left st louis you know he was a yeah. career cardinal and then all of a sudden he left and it was like what the heck and his numbers just weren't that he, he was in the second half of his career and his numbers weren't great either so it ultimately dragged him down uh if judge stays in new york and he stays a yankee even if you hate the yankees he, he is a player that he's he's so kind he hits monster home runs You know, he he's got a big smile. He's he literally is that whole package of good old Americana. And so he has to stay in a Yankees uniform in my opinion.
0: Yeah, I th- I absolutely agree. I don't, I think if he's doing this, uh, it, it, yeah, you mentioned with Pulows, it's it's really only been I think in the last couple of years where people finally realize, oh yeah, Pulows is putting up all these numbers. He's going to be oh, he's possibly amazing. close seven hundred <laughs> home runs by the, by the end of his career, possibly. Uh, where I think a lot of people who are maybe looking at like where are these Albert Pulows cards? Where where can I find them? And now the market's gone up over the last couple of years, but you yeah. know he, he kind of just got lost for ten years in Anaheim. Uh, yeah, I think the same thing. Could happen to Judge where he could maybe by the end of his career, he's approaching 500, 600 home runs. And then finally, people come around. But if he's a Yankee that entire time, I mean, it, it makes all the difference in the world. Yep. It kind of, you know, the way you were talking about Judge, it just made me realize boy, if Mike Trout was a Yankee, uh, cause, cause judge is not uh, the biggest personality off the field. I feel like he no. kind of is the trout type of personality. He's just a nice guy, good yeah. with fans uh, it, it, and says all the right things. It's Mike Trout. So if Trout is in, in New York, uh yeah it just kind of tells me that would make i, I don't even want to think about what <laughs> his cards would be worth babies in new york it would just it's making me sick to my stomach how uh, how, how much those would be uh boy it's gonna be a fun week uh all-star week in the hobby uh just had the draft as well we did an episode last week on the draft um uh, I don't know how much you were looking into the draft. I think I saw you write up uh, just some of the cards that you can find yeah, right now. I, just
1: research, I honestly couldn't tell you anything yeah. about any of the players, really, other than they have baseball cards. I don't have a lot of time to begin with, so I'll oh, yeah. prospecting to the experts. And I will happily overpay for their cards once they become something. That's yeah. kind of where... I save more in the long run that way myself. It's like, okay, well, they've made the majors. Now I'll buy their card now that it's a lot more, and I'll go for second or third tier or fourth tier that I can that I can swing, but I'm okay with that.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. I think Crash Course for Collectors is like there's a lot of names I know. Oh, Matt Holiday's son, uh, Andrew Jones's son, Carl Crawford's son. I know those guys. Yeah, let's uh, – It has those- to be good. They gotta be good, right? They gotta be good. Uh, I think there's even former football players with sons in this draft too. Uh, yeah, I think Green, Green
1: yes. is it AC Green? Was it no?
0: Eric Greed, I believe, okay. is his father. Yeah. So uh, there's yeah. a lot of there's a lot of uh good bloodlines, a lot of talent in that in this recent draft. So that's really all you need to know. Uh Ryan, All the way out, I do you mentioned it. You're uh you grew up a, a Montreal Expos fan. Mm-hmm. Uh what do you think of do you think we are going to get baseball in Montreal uh once again? Maybe I know Rob Manfred's throwing it out there. Montreal is on that list of possible expansion teams. Do you think it's going to happen? And do you think it would work?
1: Uh, if expansion team, no, um, another team moving there potentially. I think that's the the biggest possibility. Uh, honestly, living on the West coast, I honestly think Vancouver is a great fit for an MLB team. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, natural rivalry with Seattle. We have that in hockey now. Um, The West Coast loves baseball, like all the minor league things that I've been to over the years, maybe not a lot, but the attendance is pretty strong for for lesser baseball. Um, So we'll hope so. Um, Is it going to be the same Expos? I don't know. Like I kind of wrestle over it because I collect Expos cards, but I don't know if I'm ready for modern Expos, like every set, every time kind of thing. Uh, I, I have mixed feelings that way. Yeah. Uh, another Canadian team. Yes. That I would love to see. Uh, All right. I think, I think we could handle it. Um, you know, the last time Expos had bad ownership, uh, the stadium, from what I understand, I haven't been to Montreal ever. Uh, the stadium was like not, it was, it was rough. Yeah. And people were tired in that city of being, you know, messed around with and, and, going oh your team's going to leave well why would you support that and our and the dollar was really really bad at the time it was like 50, uh, uh $1 Canadian would get us like 60 cents US hmm. so that's that's a lot of money to have to to spend and everything else so that stabilized i think it could work will it happen i i don't know i i don't know if baseball needs to expand uh do some teams need to relocate yeah if you're getting only a few thousand people a night yeah it, it might be a possibility
0: yeah uh i i think uh I, I i hope you agree with this i think the scenario that the tampa bay rays threw out where they were half in tampa Dude. half in montreal yeah no thanks uh no,
1: it's, it's got to be all or nothing
0: exactly Nobody, and, uh, I,
1: you know, it's, montreal's had a team taken away they know what it feels like um you know i'm on the west coast i've had I rooted for the Nordiques in hockey. They left. Uh, the Vancouver Grizzlies in basketball. They left. Seattle Supersonics. Hey, they're gone too. It So may, maybe I'm just cynical and don't want to latch myself to a team too much because they always disappoint me and leave right. town like a, like a runaway dog or something like <laughs> that. I don't
0: know uh vancouver definitely though is it's one that has shocked me that they they just don't have more pro sports teams and i feel like they always throw out well it's so close to seattle it's like well there's a lot Mm -hmm. of places that are big that are close to each other i don't know why that's and there's not a big international border in between those two places so there's that too
1: yeah and you know it's not easy to get to seattle i have to like 24 hours in advance and i'm like right nearby but right I have to drive a couple hours, go on a boat for a few hours and then drive more and yeah, don't make it to Seattle too often.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, it's uh yeah, but it's, uh, it's something that seems like oh, it's 90 minutes away, but uh yeah, that's uh, it's not tells that's not tell the whole story. So, uh what we're trying to say is yes, more Vancouver pro sports teams. I yes. think uh, wholeheartedly agree with that. Hey Ryan, uh thanks so much uh for joining us. Hope we'll see you at the National uh again I will be there awesome we will see you uh read them uh beckett.com your checklist your uh, great uh, the the awesome uh right up ahead of all those i think you were finding all of the backwards cap Ken griffey jr cards I totally dug that so fun stuff on there and uh, always appreciate uh, uh uh all of the insight on beckett and uh hope to talk to you soon thank you very much and yeah we'll see you soon once again, big thank you to Ryan Cracknell. Read him over at Beckett.com. The hot and cold every week uh, is a huge resource here for this show. Uh, good stuff over at Beckett.com. Obviously, a legacy brand name in this hobby that is still going strong. A big thanks to Ryan. And of course, make sure to subscribe to this show and all of our podcasts Mojo Break Sports Card Show. If you haven't already subscribed, do so now. Subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Look that up. Lundro Break Sports Card Show. New episodes of Wax Packs every Tuesday. New episodes of our flagship show, The Hype, every Thursday. And find us at the National in jersey and ac baby find us there look at brick media stuff you can see me you can see doug you see danny you see the whole game it'll be fun one big happy family in atlantic city uh enjoy the all-star game everybody uh, until next week i'm cody we'll talk to you on the next episode of wax packs and war control